Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. These tricksters are awful, awful, awful. I saw three shadow figures here at the foot of the bed. They're making them see things, hear things, feel things. She found him hanging from the rafters. Something just goes, boom! This is some bizarre you guys are talking about. I don't know what to trust. It's making me crazy. Something bad's going to happen. My name? is Amy Allen. There's panic, and it's almost like a butchering. I see dead people. They all died horribly. I speak to dead people. Get out of here! And they speak to me. But there's only one way to know if my findings are real. It doesn't matter where you are, I'll find you. I rely on my partner. I'm Steve DeShavi. I'm a retired New York City homicide detective. This guy's a real piece of work. And I know every person, every house, a secret. I feel like I live in a house of hell. It's my job to reveal them. This is not good. But Steve and I never speak. We never communicate during an investigation. Until the very end. I want my life back. When we uncover if it's safe for you to stay, is he trying to kill us? Or time to get out. Oh my God. This is going to kill us. I'm in a rural town of Independence, Oregon. It's about an hour south of Portland. I got called in by a guy named Terry who sounded really desperate on the phone. He says the activity in his farmhouse is so bad, it's destroying his health and his relationship. He says if we can't help him, he doesn't think he's gonna last another year. Before Amy arrives, I clear the house of anything that might influence her findings. Photos need to be removed and personal items covered. When I'm finished, the location will be ready for tonight's walk. Okay, okay. I had a really hard time opening. Uh, the thing was, was that there were like these tricksters 
They are treacherous, thieves, and liars. They're creating illusions, and they are uh, going into people's dreams. What the f They're having bad, horrible dreams. This is not good. Terry, I'm glad I'm here, because when we spoke on the phone, you sounded pretty desperate. What exactly is going on in the house? Oh, gosh. We hear voices. There's full-body apparitions. Um, I've been chased down the hallway. I just feel like something's here trying to suck the life out of me. Wow. So who exactly lives in the house? Me, my partner Bobby, and my grandson Ashton. I think it's now starting after my grandson. All right, so how long have you been living here? Um, we've been here four years. Wait, so what made you come here? With my parents being elderly, Bobby and I decided that it would probably be best if we moved down here to help take care of the farm and my parents. Okay, so did you grow up in this house? No, this house has been moved here. We had an old farmhouse over there that I grew up in. Okay. Things have progressively gotten worse over this last year. I've been attacked in my bed. I'm getting no sleep, none. I get very irritable when my anxiety goes up. I know on the phone when we spoke, it seems like your relationship's a little strained because of the stuff that's going on here. It, it is a little strained. I don't want to be bothered. I just kind of want to be alone, and that's not me at all. Now, what about your grandson? He's so scared he won't go to the bath alone. He doesn't want to sleep alone. I'm sorry. I don't know how to protect my family. I'm at my wit's end. What the hell? There's a man, a, a living, a living dude. He's just like barreling through here and yelling and screaming. And he's got brown hair, um, kind of got a round face, you know, kind of a roundish face. Kind of like always a mess. How old? Probably in his early 40s. Okay. Not a happy person. Okay, now I'm seeing a bunch of I think there's a telepath here who is inadvertently manipulating their environment. How? Like, the living people here are seeing things that aren't really there. It's making me crazy. One of my very first really scary experiences happened here. I used to have a mirror that hung in my bedroom at the end of this hallway. And I was coming through one afternoon with a load of towels from the laundry. And I just got this overwhelming feeling that somebody was behind me. And as I happened to look up down the hallway and into that mirror, I saw an old man behind me. I would say probably in his 70s. He was kind of see-through, more of like a gray thing, and he was coming behind me down the hallway. I ran and slammed the bedroom door behind me. Couldn't have been an intruder or anything like that? No. I opened the door back up. There's nothing here. Interesting. Okay, so what else is going on in this hallway? I hear women's voices out in the living room. It's like a murmuring. You just kind of hear... That's annoying. Very. How many people would you think it is? 
probably three to four. Uh, do you go and investigate? And see what's yes, going? I usually get up. Uh, there have been times I've been kind of confrontational. And what have you said? Get out of my house. And what happens? That makes it worse. They're bullying me. I never had circles under my eyes until I came back here and moved into this house. Okay. Oh, boy. These, like, trickster things, there's a lot of them. A lot of them. How many? 50? But I don't know if I'm seeing the truth. These tricksters are incredibly good at distorting reality. Between them and the telepathy, the living must be going insane. They'll feed into the person's paranoias and fears. They can reach in and pull out past traumas and make it a fresh issue for them. And they like overanalyze it, analyze it, analyze it, talking, talking, talking. And it's like feeding it more and more and more. One night I woke up and I saw three shadow figures down here at the foot of the bed. I would say we're probably about this tall and looked like black blobs, kind of human shape. I freaked out, jumped up out of bed, and I ran out. I was scared to death. You sure there's no shadows coming in from outside? Those are block-out curtains, and they're closed. Huh. Actually, after we had called you the other night, I got attacked in my bed again. Uh, I was watching TV. I rolled over to grab the remote. And again, there was a large shadow figure standing over me, leaning in the bed. I started swinging. I thought maybe somebody had broken into the house, and it just disappeared. You, you, when you said you were desperate, you weren't kidding. No. It feels like I'm being tortured. I feel sick. Horrible, horrible sick in here. Awful, awful, awful. These tricksters, they are causing their own mayhem here. Are you okay? They're with me. Real physical, okay. Oh, come on, come on. They come, they come, they come. And they do, they surround. They do it, they do it. They'll surround any bed that has a living person in them at night. They're like this big and they're black, you know, black humanoid figures. And they all are standing together. They come in the front door, they crawl out of the closets. They're attracted to the negativity in this house. They're like having a good time feeding this. It's not like they're like, I'm gonna kill this person. But if something happens, you know, great, that would be entertaining. They're like, yeah, let's keep this going. Let's do this. Hmm. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Terry mentioned to me about his short tempers, his mood swings. Uh, Have you noticed what he's talking about? Yeah, in the beginning, when we first got together, he was so lovable and just happy. Just watching somebody go downhill, you just, you don't want to see it. And there's a couple of times where I've actually, like, wanted to just walk away. Okay. Now, what about yourself? What have you experienced? I have seen something that actually terrifies me. Okay. It's a little shadow figure. It's probably about two feet tall, about up to your knee. Okay. And it peeks around the corner at, yeah. It's got kind of like a troll or a gremlin-looking shape to it with pointed ears. Okay, you don't think it's any kind of an animal or anything like that? You sure of that? It's too big to be any kind of rodent. Okay. And you would have heard it if it was something... Yeah, there's no sound to it. Was there anything else going on? I saw this little, like, fawn actually hop through the back window in the bedroom. And it went through the bedroom and then took off down the hallway. You talk about a baby deer? Yeah. This is some bizarre shit you guys are talking about. I haven't heard this much stuff in one house. I thought I was going crazy at one point. Were you boozing? No. I don't drink. You don't drink? All right. Any drugs? Nope. I have no idea what that could have been. You can see why I thought I was going crazy. I'm having a lot of issues trying to figure out what is really going on here. But these tricksters... 
they are causing issues. Like, there's infinite possibilities of how they can manipulate the living into making them, you know, behave in a certain way or, you know, see things, hear things, feel things. They're causing, you know, fighting. They'll pit people against each other, so they'll fight. They'll cause a lot of arguments and anger. One person will hear the other person talking to them, um, but it's not them. They manipulate dreams. They um, are uh, making it a very negative, uh, volatile situation, and they are really feeding at night. So Ashton, I talked to Grandpa, and uh, he's worried about you. He wanted me to talk to you. How, how old are you exactly? Seven. Seven. Okay, do you see anything in the house that frightened you? Tell me about that. I saw something come through the closet when there was a closet in that room. It was like red eyes, and it was like a demon or something. And it came on my side of the bed, and, and I felt something point me right here. Are you afraid to stay here? You are. Why are you afraid? Tell me. Because I see stuff moving in the hallway in the bathroom. What are you seeing? Um, I, I see like a tall man. I stay up almost all night. The little trickster dudes are different in here. They're more active in here as far as what they do. Here, they're more aggressive. They're like jumping on the bed, like they're having a good time, barking and growling. And I see like, I see like somebody's in there, somebody's in the bed. And they're just, they're trying to relax. They're seeing like, like, um, uh, like all this movement, like lights and like, you know, black streaky things and lights and like all this chaos. And they're just like, oh man, this is really bad. Terry and Bobby have no clue about the history of their house. So I pulled the property deed and asked a local historian that I know to look through some of the names. Turns out the original property owner was publicly disgraced and had to leave independence in shame. Well, Diane, appreciate you helping me out. Mm -hmm. So what can you tell me about this guy, Alvis Shaw, who originally owned my client's property? He was born in uh, New York about 1819, and he came to Oregon in 1844. OK, so what did he do when he got here? He was appointed by the governor to be the superintendent of the state penitentiary in Portland. OK, I mean, that's a pretty prestigious job and powerful job. He's got to have a lot of connections. He did. How did it work out? Of the 154 prisoners that were sent to the prison during his term, 44 of them escaped, and only 13 were recaptured. So a third of his prisoners escaped? Yes. He was blamed for that. Okay. A 
As soon as I walk outside, it's like a haze has been lifted off of me and I'm able to see clearly again. And there's someone here watching my every move. I think that he's a dead man, a very powerful man. I think he had a lot of power that was placed upon him, a lot of strength, a lot of determination, a lot of authority. And I think that's why he's so capable of manifesting this way. Do you know when he's from? 80 to 100 years ago. Okay. Did people experience him in any way? Uh, I would assume so, because he does have a thing with the tricksters. You know, the only thing I could possibly say is that he would be some kind of leader. Now, you mentioned this guy had a bad go of things. What are we talking about? He did. He had a very bad go of things um, starting in August 1866. First thing that happened is his mother died, Hannah Shaw. Okay. She died on uh, August 12th, and uh, she was 71 years old. And she was buried on your client's property. She's buried on the property? Yes. Eight days after his mom dies, he hands in his resignation as superintendent, effective at the end of the month. So did his mom dying have anything to do with him resigning? You know, it's possible, but just four days left in his term would come the event that would drive him out of independence forever. On August 27th, he's taken hostage with two of his employees by nine prisoners, and we're going to use them as shields to get out of the prison. And as they're marching, saying that something needed to be done, Shaw grabs a hold of a fence and it breaks the momentum of the escape and the guards are able to shoot at the prisoners. So that's a pretty ballsy move on his it part. Was. And one of the prisoners is killed and eight of them escape, okay. although five are recaptured. The hostage standoff was big news. Here's an article about it that was in the local newspaper. All right, so it sounds like this guy finally did something right. The public didn't see it that way. In this editorial, they blame him for the escape. They say that he was too liberal, that he left the shackles off the uh, prisoners when he should have left them on, that he didn't have adequate security. And after the escape, he feels like he's a pariah in the community, and he sells the property that he has left, and he moves to California. Now, how old was he when he died? He's about 64. So what does he die of? We don't know. The obituary just says that he died of an illness that lasted 13 hours. Oh, okay. Do you know how he died? It wasn't the way he expected or wanted. I think he would have liked to go out in a blaze of glory. He's really affecting a large area. You know, I don't think it's just that house. I think he does go into homes, and I think he spies a lot. He might be attracted to that negativity of the living. But I do feel like he has ill intent here. So far, I know the previous owner of my client's property was run out of town and died from a mysterious illness. But I need to see if there's anything else that can help my case. Searching for old records, I find a deadly fight between two neighbors right next to Terry and Bobby's property. I want to know more about this deadly feud, so I've reached out to a local police sheriff to look into it for me, and he told me that this was a controversial case and that it tore the community apart. 
Well, Sheriff Wolf, thanks for meeting with me and helping me out with the case. The reason I got a hold of you was because of this article I came across uh, about a homicide that happened very close to my client's property. This is a neighborhood feud between two gentlemen, O.P. Beardsley and T.L. Perryman. And in 1886, we ended up with the first violent attack. And it was uh, Perryman that ended up attacking Beardsley with a uh, monkey wrench and uh, caused a, a pretty significant gash to him. And then in 1888, Beardsley's walking with a cane and Perryman comes across him and attacks him and actually breaks several of his ribs, puts a big gash on his head and dislocates an eye. Right, now, do we have any idea what the hell they were fighting about to begin with? No one really seems to know. They just had a real dislike for each other. All right, so now we got this guy Perryman giving Beardsley two beatings already. Bad beatings, it sounds yes, like. very bad. But, according to the article, Perryman's the, the victim of the homicide. So what happened? Well, March 14th of 1889, Okay. Perryman comes out and does a stare down with Beardsley, who's working on a fence with some other folks, thinking he might have another beating coming. Beardsley ends up going to the house. Okay and he gets a gun. Beardsley goes back outside, and Beardsley shoots him. Just like that, there's no altercation. Just shoots him in the street, and apparently was shot once in the heart and once in the back. Oh, jeez. Okay. So what happens next? Oh, well, he turned himself into the sheriff. Did it go to trial? Yes, it did. He was found not guilty and acquitted. Now, how's this guy not guilty when he shoots a guy down in cold blood? A jury of his peers must have felt that he was defending himself. I'm feeling like a impact in my back. Uh, and it's like a wall, like something just goes boom. It was daytime, it was the middle of the day. He's probably in his late 30s or early 40s and it totally shocks him, like, totally out of the blue. Terry mentioned that his house was physically picked up and moved at one point. So I checked into it, and he's right. It was moved about 18 miles from here. I've reached out to an old friend of mine, Jeff Davis, who's an author, and he said he's got information that will definitely help my case. All right, so this is the property that the house I'm investigating was moved from. Yes, it was built here and then moved about 17 or 18 miles to where you first saw it. You had mentioned on the phone that the original owner of this land uh, had an interesting story. Well, the original landowner is a man named John Johnson. Okay. And there's his photo, and he settled here originally in 1845. And uh, here's his house. So what happens to this guy? He had tragedy after tragedy for a period of about 15 years. Within hours of arriving on the property, his father died of pneumonia. Okay, so his father dies. Yes. What else happened? And then in 1857, his five-year-old nephew, Persis, died of meningitis. And then three months later, in January of 1858, his father-in-law, James Taylor, died, and he lived right next door. 1865, uh, one of his other nephews, James, died of diphtheria. What a horrible death. Yeah. So, all right, so now he's got all these family members dying. 
Well, that's, that's not all. On July 9th, 1877, it was about 6 a.m., and his wife um, called him. See, she was in the house, and he was out in the barn doing chores. Okay. And so he didn't come, and so she went into the barn to find him, and that's when she found him actually hanging from the rafters. Why? For what reason? Uh, I don't know. The family didn't know either. Okay, so 1877, he kills himself. How old is he at this point? Uh, he was 61. Now, let me ask you a question. Are any of them buried on the property? They're all buried here. Oh. Oh. <sighs> Definitely a broken neck. Oh, this is bad. This is not done well. It's a male, old. Uh, I'd say he's like in his 60s. He's white. I think, I don't know, it might have been an accident. An accidental hanging. Um, because it's so badly done. I saw several entities during my walk, but the group of tricksters surrounding a living person had me the most concerned. They were probably about three or four feet tall. They had large heads. They're pitch black. And they were all around the bed staring at the person. Is this what you saw? Yes, this is what I saw. Now that Amy and I have completed our investigations, we're ready to reveal our findings to each other and our clients for the first time. Amy, I'd like you to meet Terry, and this is his partner, Bobby. They live here with uh, Terry's seven-year-old grandson, Ashton. Okay. Now, we've been doing investigations for quite a time now, but these guys have some of the wildest stories I've ever heard. They call this in because they can't take it anymore. It's affecting their relationship, Terry's health, and most importantly, it's affecting Ashton. How long have you lived here? Uh, about four years. When did the activity start? When we moved in. This was a very unusual walk. I've actually never encountered anything quite like this. When I went into the house, I actually couldn't trust anything I was seeing, anything I was hearing, anything I was feeling. It was insane, really. It was insane. I'm gonna back up though, and I'm gonna talk about what I got outside first. I walked up the driveway, and there was this older man, uh, probably in his uh, 60s. He was outside, and he was getting down from something, and he hung himself. But it was horribly done and extremely painful. I can't believe she actually saw something like this because it didn't happen here. Their house was actually moved here. Oh. From about 18 miles away. Okay. This guy, John Johnson, uh, lived on the property that the house came from. This is the farmland where he lived. He settled in 1851. Now, this guy had bad luck from the minute he got there. His father died of pneumonia within hours of getting to the property. And then he lost a nephew, his father-in-law, and another nephew. So, July 9th, 1877, he goes out into the barn. 
his wife goes to find him and he's hanging. He committed suicide. So the guy you saw, you said, was in his 60s. This guy, Johnson, died at the age of 61. Now, I was able to locate a photo of him. Oh, my. <sighs> what, what's the matter? I've seen him. That's the old man from the hallway. I was in my house one day, and I just happened to glance up in the mirror, and behind me, it looked just like him. And it looked like he was coming after me. I ran down the hallway and slammed the door behind me. It scared me so bad. Does this guy look familiar to you at all? Oh, yeah. I'm a little creeped out, knowing that he came from another property. I didn't even think anything like that could be possible. Yes, it is. The dead can form all sorts of attachments. Wow. When I went into the house, the first thing that I saw was this living male. And he seemed very angry and upset, and he was kind of yelling and screaming very emotional, and I saw that he had brown hair, and he is in his 40s. It's me. Yeah, I'm kind of confrontational with the ghosts. When I can't get any sleep, I get up and I yell at them. Okay. The other thing that I got There is somebody at the location with abilities, and their dominant ability is telepathy. The telepath can manipulate the minds of those around them uh, into perceiving what they're perceiving. So there's only two guys living in this place. Which one of these two is the telepath? Well, right away when I sat down, and I, you know, I did not know their names. I wrote this down. Oh, geez, look at that. Yeah. You should put your first initial down. Wow. I've always kind of felt like maybe I was sensitive or had some weird type of power. I would say my moods are contagious. Sure explains a lot, don't it? It makes sense. We also have these other things that are here. And what I'll call them is the tricksters. Typically, a trickster is associated with Native American tribes, but they're all over the world. But that's not what's going on here. This is where it gets very unusual. There's about 50 of them. These guys are causing all kinds of chaos. They like to feed off of negative environments. They're about like three or four feet tall, shiny, very shiny black, like glistening. Well, they've seen them. One of the many things that these guys experience here. Yeah. I had an experience, three of them, at the foot of my bed. Oh, yes. 
I jumped out of the bed, I ran through them, and got out into the hallway. I am awakened every night by these things. Wow. Okay. The thing about the bed is when I was in that middle room, I actually did see them like getting and having a good time That's in there. That's where I always see them. And jumping on the bed, and they were having a blast. Here, they're more aggressive. They're like jumping on the bed, like they're having a good time, barking and growling. And that's where Ashton sleeps. One night, I heard him scream in the middle of the night and he came running out and he swore there was red eyes in the closet staring right at him that they were coming at him. He's scared to death. These things can manipulate what you see and, you know, in, in most, most often they'll actually appear as animals um, and things like that. Tell her. I was laying in bed one night and I saw a little fawn actually hop through the window and it hopped in front of the bed and then just booked it down the hallway. Okay. It's really bad. The other thing was, these guys are going to draw from you any kind of negativity because that's going to feed them. So these things will bring up these like done and over issues, like past traumas or bad things that have happened in a person's life. They'll like trigger that and then you're like thinking about it and thinking about it and talking about it and talking about it. And it's like just feeding it and feeding it. Do you know what I'm saying? I think about that all the time. I don't tell anybody that. <laughs> it just makes you feel like no matter how much good you do, you'll never make up for every bad thing you've ever done in your life. <laughs> but when I'm not here, I never think it. Sometimes I stay long at school so I don't have to. He thinks I don't want to come home. I don't want to. I want something to think about that's different. I told nobody about that. I'm sorry. <laughs> so everything she's saying is making sense to both of you guys. So I did have a sketch done of what I saw in the master bedroom. <gasps> oh my God. And this is where I see them is around the back bottom corner of my bed. No wonder I'm not getting any sleep. Are they, like, physically capable of pulling the covers off of me? Yes. Oh, no. These tricksters have a leader. I saw him outside. When he was alive, he was a very strong, powerful man. And he did have a lot of power placed upon him. He was in charge of a lot of people. He was from probably, I think, about 80 to 100 years ago. He was extremely pissed off about the way he died. 
because he didn't want to die that way. He should have died like in a blaze of glory. Okay, so this guy was powerful and was in charge of a lot of people? Yes. So the original owner of the property you're on now was this guy, uh, Alva Shaw. He's very well connected. As a matter of fact, he was so well connected, he was appointed by the governor in 1864 to be the superintendent of the state penitentiary in Portland. Problem was, he wasn't good at it. When he was running the penitentiary, 44 prisoners escaped. Huh. Only 13 were ever recaptured. So on August 27th, 1866, eight prisoners take him hostage. He was able to break away, but a bunch of them escaped. Only five were recaptured. Next morning, he wakes up to an editorial calling him a disgrace and that he doesn't know how to run a prison, and he caused this whole thing to happen. Now, this is him at a younger age. Now, he died in 1880 at the age of 64 after a 13-hour illness. He just died. So he didn't definitely go out in a blaze of glory, that's for sure. I don't know if this is the person or not. I really don't. This is so overwhelming. I never expected this much. I mean, I knew there was a lot going on, but wow. So guys, you know why you've been fighting. You know why your moods have been changing. You know why you're hearing and seeing things. But the big question is, are you going to be able to raise Ashton here in a safe place? For that answer, I'm going to turn it over to Amy. A lot of things have to be attacked at the same time to get a good, good result. So the first thing is the dead guy, the leader. He, he needs to go. So what I would like to see happen with him is uh, a physical medium to come in, talk to him, and get him to leave. But at the same time, you also need to have a shaman come in. And what I want that person to do is to set up a perimeter around your property. And I mean big, like all the way around, okay? This is gonna push these tricksters out. So once that's done, you have to deal with your abilities, start keeping a daily journal. And what I want you to do is to write up any and all issues that create strong emotions within you. Once a week, I want you to take all those pages that you've written all this stuff in and burn it and just get rid of that. Put it away and out from you. Now, I spoke to Ashton. He's seven years old. He really doesn't understand what's going on here, but he's scared. How long do you think before he'll maybe feel better about things in the house? He'll feel a lot better uh, once the shamans moved all of the tricksters off the property. So you guys are going to take Amy's advice? Um, Every step of the way. We are going to get it taken care of. I want them out of my house. Now it's payback. They're going to pay. They're going to go. I really hope Terry and Bobby follow my advice and deal with the tricksters terrorizing their family. With the help of a medium and a shaman, they should be able to free themselves of the evil surrounding their home. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project... There's a spray paint pattern that's just right. 
Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.